0: This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, where Lee Rosen and Ned Days cover management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for building the practice you deserve. Here's Lee Rosen. It's good to be with you today from Oaxaca, Mexico. Oaxaca feels much smaller than Mexico City, where we were last week. Oaxaca is known for its food scene. There are lots of small restaurants in the center all looking out on parks and squares, and it's a beautiful area. I guess that it's a small town to some folks, but with about 750,000 people in this city. It feels like a pretty good-sized city to me. I guess Oaxaca is a small town compared to the 20 million plus people in the greater Mexico City area, but it's still pretty big for what is thought of as a small town. Oaxaca really is a place that is known for its food. I can attest to the fact that it's a delicious city. We're eating our way through Oaxaca, and I promise you, I'll keep eating all the tacos so that I can keep my energy up for talking to you. I want you to know that I give you my all, even if that means eating lots and lots of Mexican food. You can thank me for that later.
1: It's time for your tech tip. I come from a very artsy fartsy family. My father dreamed of becoming a poet before his ambitions were crushed and he ended up doing workers comp. My mother was a trained painter and did that for many years. My uncle was a cartoonist and comic book artist for decades. My sister dabbles in drawing and worked at museums and art galleries over the years. And all of those genes passed me right on by. Now, if I was a member of some uncontacted tribe in the Amazon or some Victorian era child laborer whose time tiny little hands were crushed while repairing a loom. Maybe my art skills might not be quite so embarrassing, but as it stands, they are atrocious. In my fifth grade art class, we had to find a picture of an animal in a magazine and make an etching of it. I picked a flying squirrel because of course I did. The closest anybody came to identifying it was someone who guessed that it was a goat. They could tell it was a mammal, so I'm declaring that one a victory. But if you are in the same boat, I have good news. AI is here to solve your lack of artistic skill. Go to labs.openai.com and you can create a free account to use their DALL E AI image generator. The way it works is pretty simple. You provide a text prompt explaining what it is you want an image of, and Dolly will produce three variations of what it thinks you asked for. You can even specify art styles like realistic photograph or oil painting or cartoon or pixel art. You can go further by providing new prompts about the scenery and expand the images it generates. My favorite creation so far has been one I made with the prompt, a detailed impressionist painting of a raccoon smoking a cigarette While riding a motorcycle As ridiculous as it sounds I feel an unhealthy amount of pride In looking at this image And nobody is mistaking this badass raccoon For a goat, I'll tell you that right now Okay, but aside from being a fun way to waste 15 minutes, what are the practical implications of this? There are quite a few, actually. I'm sure those of you in the licensing and intellectual property space are already starting to grapple with the impact AI tools are going to have on copyrighted works. Some intrepid bloggers out there have started using AI tools like Dall-E to generate images for their articles instead of relying on stock photo libraries. But I think the most immediate place where we're really going to see this technology disrupt things is for low-level graphic design tasks like creating logos and branding materials. Instead of paying somebody on five or a few dollars to do it, you will be able to use one of the many tools popping up right now that lets you generate logos, business cards, and corporate identity graphics. But that also brings me to why I don't think it will be quite as disruptive as we might imagine at first. Writing the prompts for these AI tools, whether they're generating text for you or images or pretty soon audio and video, takes some skill and finesse and a lot of trial and error. It took me quite a bit of tweaking to create my motorcycle riding raccoon masterpiece, and to be honest, about 75% of what I've generated with Dolly is crap. It turns out that even when I've replaced a paintbrush with a text prompt, I'm just still not that artistic. And just like other technologies have democratized recording audio or video or live streaming or printing, but haven't meant that whatever we're producing is actually any good, AI requires that you understand what it's drawing from, how it's working, and what kind of guidance it needs to actually get usable results. If you know how to program a computer, you can get it to do pretty much what you want it to do. But we're not all computer programmers, because learning that language, understanding the concepts, and troubleshooting the issues is a whole skill unto itself. So the bigger picture here is that AI is going to open up possibilities for creating all kinds of things in a lot less time but there's still an interface that has to be learned and mastered. It may be that your graphic design will soon be executed by AI, but it's still going to take that artistic touch to coax it into producing the perfect painting of a raccoon biker. I'm Ned Days, and that's your tech tip.
0: And now for your moment of concise advice. Selling law firms gets a lot of interest from lawyers. We all love the idea of building something of value and then selling it for a profit. I did it. You can do it. But the reality is that selling a law firm is a complex subject that requires lots of effort and it requires considerable thinking and advanced planning and preparation. It's not something that happens overnight. Now, before we go deep on this, let me comment on the market for law firms. Selling a law firm is tough. There are not buyers lined up anywhere desperate to buy law firms. The odds are good that you didn't buy your law firm. Why is that? Well, selling a law firm is harder than it seems because there simply isn't a lot of demand. Now, most of us, even if we are interested in selling our law firm, we are on a day-to-day basis consumed by selling legal services. We don't have much time or attention available for selling the law firm. Selling a law firm, it's different than running a law firm. It's different to sell a law firm than it is to sell legal services. Selling a law firm requires a different kind of thinking, and that thinking is lost on those of us who struggle to do two things at once. Most of us are so busy selling legal services. Well, if you're going to sell your law firm, then you're going to need to do two things at once. You're going to need to consistently focus on selling legal services, but you're also going to have to engage in the long, drawn-out process of building and marketing a business for sale. Selling services and selling a law firm, they aren't the same thing. You've got to build a business for sale if that's your goal, and you've also got to be focused on selling it. We could talk all day about the steps that you need to take to build and sell a business like a law firm, but one thing that you really need to be thinking about early on is this. If you want a good price for your law firm, if If you want to sell it for a significant amount, then you've got to create value. The law firm has to be worth something if you're going to get paid something. That's just common sense. And when you look at the value of a law firm, well, lots of components factor into the value of that business, of that law firm. The team, the systems, the position in the marketplace, the functional marketing tactics like a good of referral sources and an effective content marketing approach or an advertising approach with a high return on investment. All of those things play a big part in the equation that determines the price that you get for your business. But the big component, the big part of this formula of determining value of a business is the goodwill value of the business. The goodwill is the value. Value of the reputation of the law firm. It's this intangible factor, this idea that the value of the business goes way above the simple book value calculation of assets minus liabilities. The reputation of your business, and I'll use that word reputation instead of goodwill, because lawyers think in terms of reputation more than they do in terms of goodwill. The reputation of your business, it has an incredibly powerful impact on the marketability and on the value of your business. The reputation, the word on the street, the what people say about you when they talk to one another, that is at the core of the value of the law firm as a business. A good reputation, it generates business all by itself. It's word of mouth marketing. Your good reputation spreads through the community for free. And it spreads fast, and people talk about you, and that grows your business. A solid reputation gets others talking about your law firm, and that talk well, it is quite simply money in the bank. Unfortunately, the opposite is also true. A bad reputation. It's awful for the value of your business. It spreads even faster than a good reputation. It spreads so fast that it negatively impacts your marketing efforts. It negatively impacts your advertising and your referral network and your Content marketing, that negative reputation, it shows up in online reviews, but more importantly, it shows up in conversations among friends and colleagues and associates. A bad reputation, it makes it hard for the law firm to hire associates and staff members. It makes it hard for the law firm to get hired by clients. A bad reputation makes it tough for the business to keep Growing Well, goodwill, or reputation as we're calling it, it is the biggest factor in the value of your law firm. Your goodwill, your reputation, it grows with a smart marketing strategy. You create a good story. You get people talking. You reinforce that conversation with strong marketing tactics to keep People talking. Most significantly, you increase your goodwill value, your reputation value by serving your clients well. When you deliver on your promises to your clients and when those folks leave satisfied with the work that you've done for them, well, they spread the word. They talk about you. They write positive online reviews. They tell others what a great law firm you've got, and that increases the The value of your business. The most important thing you can do right now to sell your law firm is to increase that goodwill, that reputation value. That's the biggest component of your biggest asset, and that's where you can make the biggest difference. So as you consider the possibilities for the sale of your law firm, the most important thing you can do right now to make that sale more likely and to increase that value is to build your reputation, build your goodwill. That's what you do right now that makes it more likely that you'll sell your law firm when you're ready for a good price. That's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Oaxaca, thanks for spending a few minutes with me and Ned today. We hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there, I promise. We're all in this together, and together we build better practices through better marketing, better management, and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen.
1: Thanks for listening to your law firm. Visit rosensrules.com for our free course on the 10 critical rules all successful law firms follow.